Oh my God, I'm chilling. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? <laughs> it's gonna crack first. It's always a mystery. Both of us were just silent. We didn't know where to go with it. Who was going first? We don't know. We were just staring at each other. What are they gonna say? Yeah. Hey everyone, what's up? I'm Rachel. I'm Rebecca. This is People Are the Worst Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. And thanks for joining. And thanks for joining. And if you're starting from the most recent to go the oldest, you'll see that the sound quality has improved so much. <laughs> yes, my God. Patron shout out, newest patron, Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Go catch hey, up Rach. on some bonus apps. Have so much fun. Thanks for joining. Appreciate you. Thanks for joining. Let us know if you want us to call you Raquel. Yeah. If you, <laughs> you might not follow Vanderpump rules, so that means nothing to you. But, uh, well, I'm Rachel, too, and I'm going to start going by Raquel for sure. I don't really have a lot to talk about at the top. All right. Yeah. S some people love that more than anything. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of TikTok comments being like, oh, I clicked on your podcast and y'all started talking chit chat and i stopped we're like oh i'm so sorry go to minute two and the story Literally, starts that's that's what it was it was the um judy smith one a couple of people said that on that tiktok post and i was like oh i understand well we're we're twins well no i said we're sisters and we sometimes like to catch up just a little bit at the top um but for this one go to minute three yeah Literally, we get into it chill the f out punk i know people are mean move along that i'm like uh what'd that guy say oh i would watch your youtubes if it were more like y'all's tiktoks because on tiktoks we do like graphics and all that I'm like but y'all's youtube is generic and boring i'm like i'm sorry it's a free service like you get what you get it's just and we're not video editors yeah. like we can we can do that in tiktok because it's tiktok but like i don't I wouldn't know I the first know. thing about editing an actual video. And also this is free and also move along. Like don't, right. I, that's fine. I yeah, love we, we won't be for everyone, I guess. I got really snarky and then I deleted the comment and just said, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just mean. I'm like, okay, well, no one's holding a gun to your head. And, yeah. And we're, I'm not a professional. I have no idea how to do any of this. Thank God for Jacob. And thank God for Upwork. That's how we found our editor. Oh, yeah, that's true. So that's our spiel. All right. Today, I'm telling you about Laurie McKenna and Janine Grinzel. And special shout out to Christy Lawrence for recommending this on Insta. Are you, you're going to go first and last name? Oh, yes. Thank you, Christy. It was a great story. She was like, you need to cover this, blah, blah. It was a um, link to mercurynews.com. Um, they have no free trial. So I am a paid member and that's where all my sources are going to come from, from this point out. All right. Good for you. No, it's, it's crazy. And it takes place in a abandoned mansion in Hillsboro, California. Oh, wait, I know this one. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. How? My favorite murder. No way. Swear. No, I typed it in podcast and there was one podcast on it. And it was once upon a wait, I have it written. Once upon a crime. Mm. We'll see. Mm. It's so familiar, and I'm certain Karen told it. Is it around LA? Is Hillsboro around LA? No, um, but maybe Hillsboro is um, familiar to you because it's like Scream. 
Oh, that's Woodsboro. <laughs> and it's fictitious, so no. Oh, it's I not. thought it was fictitious. I thought it was based. I thought Scream was set in Hillsboro. And I was like, I thought that was a fake city, but here it is. But no, now that I'm thinking about it, that's Woodsboro. Woodsboro. Um, the one I'm thinking of that I'm certain Karen told ages ago is mm-hmm. old, though, like 20s. It's oh, not that. No. Well, oh, okay. I mean, there is a little background about how the mansion came to be. Why don't I just get into my story? How about? Okay. Sources. Mercury News, as I said. Uh, LA Times, Once Upon a Crime does an episode on it sf weekly and east bay times okay so san francisco bay area can you tell that state this is in all right so this takes place in hillsborough california like i said about the mansion first harriet pullman carolyn was the daughter of george pullman founder of pullman company and he was considered chicago's wealthiest man in the 1800s in 1892 this is not a story based in the 1800s people oh my don't God. Worry. i would have signed off just giving you some background on this fantastic house. In 1892, she married Francis Carolyn of San Francisco and moved with them to California. In 1912, she bought 554 acres of land in Hillsborough and set out to build a house that would, quote, excite the wonder and administration of America. And the oh result God. is insane. Essentially, I think it's the Biltmore of the West Coast. For those international listeners or people in the U.S. who just may not know what it is. Bilmer yeah. State is here in Asheville. It was built by the Vanderbilt family in like the 1800s. It is just a massive, massive house. Um, very impressive for the Gilded Age era. Uh, and it's still, I think, the like largest privately owned house in the country. The family yeah. still lives here. If so. you are um international listener, it's probably the closest thing we have to beautiful castles that you have over there. So we just... Just give this to We need this. Yeah. We need yeah. this. It was built in the 1800s. That's like new age for y'all, but that's a long time ago over in the U.S. Uh-huh. <laughs> How many rooms is this? Uh, 250. It's on 8,000 acres. It's 170,000 square feet. Oh, okay. Well, the Carolyn's Mansion is 65,000 square feet, 110 rooms. <laughs> Oh my god, Ew. how sad. <laughs> Ew. Ew. A shanty. Gafog. Ooh. Poor things. 18 bedrooms. 18 bedrooms, 18 bathrooms, four kitchens. It was once considered the second biggest house in America. I guess we now know what the first one was, guys. Wow. And FDR even considered making it the West Coast White House. Harriet decided to move to New York City in 1925 and abandon the mansion. She built this, set out to build this giant, extraordinary thing. And then a decade later, it's like, eh, let's go to Manhattan. Uh, I heard it swinging over there. Yeah. Fun article I found from 1949 that cops busted 20 teenagers. They're all San Mateo high school students who were in the abandoned mansion, swinging from the third story balcony and playing in the elevators. Elevator tag. In a night in what year? 1920s, 1949. But it was a mansion built in the 20s. You're playing. It was built in 1916. She started building it in 1912. Yeah. Okay. You're playing in 1916 era elevators. Oh, 
Bye. I'm out of here. That's all they had then, you know. They don't know any different, so they're good with it. No, they're having a blast. It took cops 20 minutes of chasing them around the house and eventually arrested all of them. (laughs) So kids have been playing in this abandoned mansion for years. Oh, my God. All the ghosts are like, get these kids out of here. Yeah, no kidding. The elevator attendant's like, I'm not pressing another button. All right, I'm over this. In 1950, Countess Lillian Rimmeler-Dandani bought the mansion for $80,000. What? That r- pronunciation was just... Oh, I butchered it. I'm, look, brutal. I'm just trying to get through this part of it. Okay. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> All right. Bought the house, bought the mansion for $80,000, which apparently today is like a million dollars. So... Well, Yeah. Money went a lot further back then. I guess so. Um, Don't ask what she's the countess of. Her Wikipedia page says she's from Oakland, California. So, Oakland. She's the countess of Oakland. Oh, okay. The countess of Oakland. Mm -hmm. I think she married married a count of somewhere in Italy. Sure. Um, This, again, it's not the right podcast for shit like that. I don't know. She died in 1973 and left the house to the town of Hillsborough, who gave it to the state. And by 1975, they couldn't give it away. It was oh a, in a state of decay. No one really wanted it. So it sat abandoned for years. But they did have security guards there to make sure people weren't trespassing. And God, could you imagine the nighttime security guard at a place like this? No, you have to be <laughs> braver stories. than brave is brave. Oh, my God. The ghost stories that come from that guy. Again, our European listeners are like, my God, we are. Yeah, <laughs> this is a new build, people. Whatever. So a decade later, here we are. In 1985, there was a rumor amongst Burlingame high schoolers that security guards could be persuaded to give tours of the mansion, something I would have taken full advantage of. That'd be Hell so yeah. fun. Yeah. On Saturday, February 2nd, 1985, Lori McKinney and Janine Grinzel decided to give it a try. Janine had just gotten her license and, you know, what better way to spend a pretty afternoon than driving up the hills of Northern California to go play in an, an abandoned mansion. Oh, my God, for sure. The security guard on duty was David Rayleigh. He did allow them in. He was 23 and bored, so he was happy to walk around this giant property with them. One thing he did ask was if they would move their car away from the front of the driveway to the back so it's hidden because he didn't want to get in trouble. So they did and continue walking around. As they're walking through, Rayleigh heard police and police dogs and told the girls to hide in the basement so he could play it cool. He hurried them into this old safe in the basement. And at first they said, no, they don't want to go in there. But his sense of urgency made them do it. And they asked him not to lock the door. And he assured them he wouldn't. But if you can imagine, this dude's a liar. And the moment they were in, he closes and locks it. I don't like, yeah, I did not like where that was going. Yeah, if it wasn't telling enough that he heard police dogs. Like, <laughs> trespassing teens is no <laughs> cause for K-9. Let's, they're bringing the K-9 unit. And it's weird, only he heard it. They yeah, don't. that's weird. Weird. They started yelling to let them out. And after several, several minutes of crying and pleading with them, he sings back their names in like a teasing manner. I really prefer oh. not to do an impression, but you get it. Like the... No. Please don't. Lori, uh-uh. Jenny. Uh-uh. Ew. I asked you to please not. I know. You got it. But maybe some people don't. Gross. He tells them he would let them out if they removed their clothes. Oh, God. They're in high school? Yeah. Gross. Yeah, 16 and 17. 
Mm -mm. So they reluctantly do so, and he cracks the door of the safe and makes them throw them outside to prove they've actually done it. Because my first thought would be like, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm ass naked. Open the door. Right. But no, he cracks it and makes them give the clothes. Oh, gross. So they're down to their underwear. As he opens the vault, he's holding a knife and handcuffs them. And he said he'll let them leave after they, quote, fool around with them. He ties Lori to a bench while he led Janine away. And all Lori can hear is crying, screaming, and begging David to stop. Oh, God. He was beating her with his, with his billy club slash baton. I don't know if people call it different things, but, you know, the police baton. Yeah. And he's sexually assaulting her. A crying and petrified Janine came back with a bruised face and he tied her to the bench and led Lori away. And he did the same thing, demanded that she, quote, play with him and demanded oral sex. When she protested, he beat her on the head with his baton and Janine just hears these screams echoing through the mansion. Ooh, be creepy. He leads them both to the kitchen where there's another knife on the counter and he ties them up there. And that's when a cop pulls up. No way. Mm hmm. But Hell not yeah. because he got a call for, from a neighbor or like a neighbor heard screams or anything is just because he's a friend of Rayleigh's. Oh, no. You see, Rayleigh was obsessed with real cops. Yeah, I said it. Oh, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Cops later said that he owned a radio scanner and would sometimes arrive at a scene of an accident before they did. Like, what a loser. Go to the police academy. Like, That's what are you doing? Go to the academy or get on. Real men like, at work. Shush. <laughs> Sorry. God. He's like Dwight Schrute. He's like the volunteer <laughs> deputy on the weekends. I know. Like being a cop isn't some sort of pipe dream. It's not like a figment of your imagination. Like just do it. You got it. Right. Go to the police academy. You're obsessed with them. What do you mean? Go. I know. But like, doesn't it just scream volumes about what a pussy he is? Yeah, obviously. He's just whatever. Weak. But so he... Okay, but he listens to a police scanner and then sometimes gets to the scene before the cops. So he wants to be in there. I just am very confused. Okay, But I great. can't imagine what he does at the scene. He's like, <laughs> we gotta wait. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, blood. There's blood <laughs> everywhere. Oh God. And like probably trying to get in their business. They're like, what happened here? They're talking code. And he's like pulling on their shirts. Like, hey, what code does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's just annoying. It's like, here's what I saw wanting to be involved. And they're like, yeah, please like, go away. Yeah. I'm going to call a, your mother if you don't get out of here. It's just, what a pass. Get out of here. Yeah. So this cop stopped by because he actually had a CB radio. He thought Rayleigh would be interested in buying. It probably didn't work anymore. Probably came from a child's Halloween costume. So this is an actual cop who knows him because of this? Yes. Because he's just always in the business? Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, when the officer came to the door, it was locked. So he leaned into Rayleigh's car outside because the window is down and just starts honking the horn to get his attention. So Rayleigh comes out, shuts the door behind him, not letting the cop in. They talked about the CB radio and Rayleigh is being very short and quick with his answers, which the officer noted as strange because he usually likes to gab about real police work and hang out with any cop who will give him the time of day. But he oh, seemed wow. to be in a rush to get back inside. So the cop's like, good, see you. This is a courtesy invite. Peace out. He is actually a security guard, though. Yeah. He's not just, like, staging the... Yeah, he's a security guard. ...as one, so he could meet teenagers who happen to come to the mansion. Okay, great. Yeah, he's a real security guard. So after the real cop leaves, Rayleigh goes back to the girls and, again, leads Janine. And before people ask why they didn't scream then or, you know, it's a 
again, giant mansion. All the doors are shut. I don't even know if they knew a cop pulled up. All they heard was honking. It could have been, it could have been like, it's a friend. They're tied up. So yeah, 65,000 square feet. You, you, even if they were screaming at the top of their lungs, probably would not have been heard. Right. So Rayleigh goes back to the girls and again leads Janine out of the room. And all Lori could hear was thumping noises her, and her screams, but her screams this time were more agonizing and pain. Then she heard something being dragged across the floor and all of a sudden it stopped. Mm-mm. David comes back and Janine wasn't with him and he is covered in blood. <gasps> he had just stabbed Janine over 40 times in the neck and head. Bummer. He then untied Lori and started pulling her towards a dark hallway. Uh-uh. I know. And she tried to fight back, and he pulled out a knife and stabbed her in the stomach multiple times. It ended up being 35 times. Holy shit. Then he started beating her in the head with the billy club slash baton until he, she gave up the fight. She's barely alive, and Rayleigh leaves her for a while and comes back with a rug and rolls her up in it. He carries her to the car and puts her in the trunk where Jan- where she sees Janine. And Janine- She's alive still? Janine? No. Oh, Lori? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lori is barely alive. She does see Janine in the trunk, and she seems to be breathing, but barely. Like, could you imagine that? Like, I imagine her eyes wide open. She's covered in blood. She's oh, bound. God. She's, like, halfway to death. Yeah. Lori pleads with them to take take them to the hospital and they won't give his name or anything. He tells her to shut up or he'll finish the job right there. So he puts both of them in the trunk, shuts it and leaves them in there for two hours while he finishes his shift. No, I am short of breath. She's Lori is in a rug. Oh God. They have just been stabbed 30 to 40 times. Oh God. Once the nighttime security guard gets there around 5 p.m., Rayleigh drives to his house in South San Jose, which is about an hour away with the girl still in the trunk. Mm -mm. He parks it in their garage and goes inside his house and plays Monopoly with his sister. Oh, my God, that game takes eight hours. I know. His sister later recounts how normal he's acting. Not worried, not distracted, didn't seem to be in a hurry about anything. A few hours go by and even his friends come over to show them show David a new stereo they got in their car. I keep jumping in between calling him David and calling him Rayleigh. His name's David Rayleigh. Sorry, I'll, I'll probably just start calling him by his last name from this point forward. After Rayleigh's dad comes home around midnight and goes to bed, he decides it's time to dump the bodies. He drives to a remote area, beats them one more time with a hammer this time. God. In the head to make sure they're dead, and he throws them down a steep ravine. If we have any California listeners in the area of San Jose, that ravine is now the site of Silver Creek Country Club Golf Course. No. Mm-hmm. So you think about the horrors that went there the next time you're having a carefree, lovely Saturday. Oh, my God. That is so eerie. I know. Mm. Beautiful golf course. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. No, so this that's horrifying. I know. This is not this guy's first crime. Get out of here. I He's know. Dangerous. I'm really dangerous. You'll see, but I mean, I think this is only crime or one that he's been caught for. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I was very wrong before. I have never heard I this story. I was going to ask. Oh, okay. No, I've never heard this. I don't know what I was thinking of. 
So this asshole goes home, continues his night as if he's just gotten away with murder, except little does he know Lori's not dead. <gasps> mm-hmm. Not all. Get this. The next morning, in the freezing rain, Lori wakes up and begins to crawl up the ravine, but her hands are so badly stabbed with dis- defensive wounds, she can't use them. So she's army crawling on her elbows. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Inch by inch, up this steep ravine. And by the time she's at the top, she's soaking wet, and she's so badly covered in blood, you can't tell what color hair she has. And as she's trying desperately to flag down a car... She hears Janine scream from the bottom. Nuh-uh. Oh my God, I got chills. Also alive. How? Wow. You'll see. Oh my God. Uh, the will to live. Actually, I said you'll see, but uh, there is no reason for it. You know, yeah. Just, the will to live. They're adrenaline. young and vibrant and they're like, nah. We're not going to let this asshole, this chubby asshole kill us. <laughs> you'll, in every article you'll see. Chubby. That's all they describe. Oh it's so weird. I'm like, why are we body shaming him? But no, I mean, <laughs> he's a dirt bag. But I'm like, so it's all the description's always chubby. Uh, okay. Yeah. David Rayleigh, a chubby 23 year old security guard. No. It's so it's, weird. It is. It's because it's 1985. That is bizarre. So three cars pass her without stopping, and finally a truck does. It was two men who got out, and Lori explains what she's been through and that her friend needs help. And she's down the ravine and they call an ambulance. Thank God someone stopped. I was scared you're going to be like, people are driving by and saw this scary, bloody. Well, three cars did. Three cars drove. Yeah. yeah drove like, I, don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Oh, sad. I know. And there's no cell phones back then. So it's not like, okay, they drove past me, but surely they're calling 911. Oh, uh, yeah. In an interview, this is just a little sad part I thought was. It just stuck out at me. In an interview, she said she remembers the two men trying to comfort her by hugging her. And she, like, really recoiled. She did not want to be touched at all, and it, which makes total sense, obviously. But doesn't that just seem a little weird? Like, a str- two strangers, you know, like, you were raped and stabbed. Come here. Come here. Bring it in. I'd be like, get your hands off me. They saved the day. They're heroes. I get it. No, I know, but I can also see, like, in their eyes, I don't know who these men were, how old they were, but they see, like, a little kid. They're 16. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're like, I just want to, you know. That's true. It doesn't say their ages. They they could have daughters who are 16. I have no idea. Right, and they're just like, I just want to comfort this little baby. Yeah. No, it's a very weird, especially covered in blood. Yeah, after being like, I was raised. She's down to her underwear still. She's still naked. Oh, yeah, it is. Well, whatever. They are good for these men. No, they're heroes. It was just, she was like that. It's one thing that always I remember uh, recoiling and being, please don't touch me. Probably very afraid. Like, sure, sure, sure. Whoa, okay. Keep going. Lori and Janine were rushed to the hospital and suffered from blood loss, shock, and hypothermia. And sadly, Janine did die on the operating table as a result of her injuries. Oh, no. She was stabbed 41 times, and her skull was cracked. Oh, God. Yeah. She had no measurable blood pressure when she arrived at the hospital. So the fact that she was alive and able to scream, like, I'm still down here, was remarkable. Lori, again, was stabbed 35 times, and even though she was beaten in the head several times, even with a hammer, 
there is not one part of her memory that's foggy. Really? I was, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, she, she remembers gave the all attacker, of it? Yeah. She gave his name, his description, recounted exactly what happened, and they arrested David Rayleigh that same day. Whoa. Uh-huh. In addition to murder, attempted murder, rape, and kidnapping charges, the DA tacked on extreme cruelty and torture to his charges, which means he's eligible for the death penalty. Good. His trial begins in April 1987, and his defense was really grasping at straws, even arguing that he oh. didn't kill Janine, the hypothermia did. Oh, okay. Uh, quick Interesting. Cue, quick cue. Who pushed her down a ravine in the middle of the night on a rainy February night without clothes on? The hypothermia stabbed her 41 times. I know. In addition to the hypothermia, she died from blood loss. So on top of it being dumb as shit, it's just a weak argument. They're cute. (laughs) Well, sure. It reminds me of, I think in Yardley Love's case, Yardley Love was the UVA lacrosse player who was killed by her boyfriend in 2010. I think her murderer's defense was that she had taken Adderall so her blood was really thin, so that banging her head against the wall might not have killed her had she not taken the Adderall, but she just had to take that Adderall. Like, what? Go to hell. You're oh quite, yeah, that was his defense attorneys. I think that was his argument. And I was like, had your client not beaten her relentlessly, the Adderall definitely wouldn't have killed her. Alone. No. We do know that. Okay. This like, is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's such monster defense attorneys out there. God. Anyway... Rayleigh was convicted. But not of, all of them. But not all of them. I'm just saying. I said there are some serious monsters. You said there are monstrous, but yeah, I get it. Anyway, Rayleigh was convicted of all charges and was sentenced to death and is still awaiting his execution date at good old San Quentin. He tried to appeal it several times, all of which were denied, and he exhausted his last attempt in 2011. It's taken a really long time to boot to kill this guy because in 2014 u.s district attorney and this is a little sidebar he ruled that california's capital punishment law was unconstitutional because of the prolonged appeals process like san quentin hasn't executed anyone since 2006 regardless though she has no plans to attend his execution once the date is set really yeah lori won one and a half million dollars from the security firm who hired rayleigh and she moved and went on to college, I think at USC, Southern Cal. Oh, wow. Good for then, her. Anna, then she moved to Santa Barbara and even opened a snowboarding shop in Lake Tahoe. But she stated in an interview that Survivor's Guilt is one of the ghosts that still haunts her from that night. A few years after she did an interview and said that she sometimes runs, runs into Janine's brother and can't even look at him. Oh, God. I know. As of 2016... This blows my mind for some reason. As of okay. 2016, she relocated to a small southern town with her husband and two kids where she works in a strip mall at a children's clothing store. And apparently none of her friends or neighbors or anyone in town know her story. Wait. Next to the fact that she survived, this is the most shocking thing in the story to me. She has, How do they not know? <laughs> I am baffled. She Mercury, must have changed her name. Well, she got married. It's her married name. But you get so I stumbled across like, what's your maiden name? She's like, Mm-mm, we're not doing that. <laughs> and I don't know. She probably does. It just blows my heart. I'm like, how small is this town? They know no one has, I guess, Googled her or like a rumor. Someone hasn't gotten a little insight. 
But no, Mercury News says they don't know about the killer, David Allen Rayleigh, her dead friend Janine. They don't realize that Lori, it says her married name. I'm not going to say it. They don't know that Lori Blank is the rarest of people, a survivor of a crime of murder. But it, yeah, I guess not. And it doesn't even wow. say the town. So I'm like, oh, uh, you? I guess you wouldn't know. That's a common well, name. I although mean, why I, would you? I think I accidentally stumbled across it, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, but isn't that crazy? Like no one in her town knows, none of her friends. It's crazy. That is insane. And the Carolyn's Mansion is now run by a foundation and they still do tours. They want to promote no. its rich history. And I'm like, no one's touring that thing for its original history. I believe that. Believe oh that. God. They're like, well, we saw what Biltmore did in Asheville and we want the same thing. Where like, it well, is, no. Yeah, they restored it. It's very pretty. But Wait, Hillsborough Mansion. I'm Googling it. Carolyn's Mansion. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is very pretty. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? And that is the surviving story of Lori McKenna and the sad story of Janine Grinzel. Oh, that is so... No, I was very wrong. No, you, I've never heard that. I was about to say, my favorite murder did it. They didn't put their names in the description or something because I searched right. for other podcasts who have covered this story and there was not any. There's one. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was fascinated by that. Thanks again, Christy. That is... Because that's like every kid's, what a fun Saturday you think you're going to have. Let's go explore this mansion. And you just happen to come across evil and you're held hostage and tortured. And when like that's the high school rumor is you can pay off the security guard and they'll give you a pass. And they're like, hey, can we go see? And the security guard's like, yeah, sure. It's like everything falls into place just as you expect. That is so sad. And there's two of them. There, There are girls that testified in his trial And the defense team was like, did Rayleigh ever try to do anything with you? And she's like, no. And he was like, and you were alone, right? So I'm like, why did you choose? So girls went alone and he didn't do anything. They said he made weird comments every now and then, but that is crazy. so weird. Yeah, he had a mission that day. He woke up wanting, I'm going to kill today. Ew. Oh, monster. So he's just chilling and San Quentin people. Good. Go just look him up. Just where he needs to be. The only place you can still be sentenced to death in California, as we've confirmed. Mm-hmm. Well, I hate him, but I That's don't it. hate y'all. <laughs> no, we don't. Y'all are the best. And people, especially David Rayleigh, is the worst. Are the worst. Are the worst. 